as I um, said earlier, uh, I've been away on holiday. And uh, one of the first things we did uh, on getting home on Tuesday night was to throw in the garden waste bin the contents of the hanging baskets that had been either side of our front door over the summer. They've been there since early June. And for three months, through those long, warm, dry days, uh, we've each night been out and topped them up, sometimes using the milk bottle that we are putting anyway out on the doorstep, um, sometimes taking the watering can, um, but we, we went and we, we, we kept them going and uh, gave instructions to, to the house sitter that was there. That, uh, if, if, you, if you do anything, just make sure they keep going. Even before we went away on holiday, the season for them was kind of over. You know, they were dying back. And their time was spent. And despite the valiant offers uh, uh, of iving, of water going into their basket, the time had come. Their end was near. And they were thrown out into the green bin. Imagine, however, it was not simply a hanging basket that you were trying to keep going, but a field of crops. Farms in this country and on the continent have struggled with sun's heat beating down for days and weeks. And I imagine it had been similar for Naomi and her family. Some years earlier, they had moved from Bethlehem, a farming community, wheat growing, out to Moab, the other side of the Dead Sea. They'd gone there because it had been famine. But a new famine had come to the family. A famine of men. Father and sons had died. They weren't able to keep the fields going. Difficult times had come. Not simply weather. But being widows, they wondered what the future held. And it seems an impossible situation. There is bereavement, there is poverty, there is hard times ahead. And it seems that the, the season of the land of Moab offering hope to Naomi has come to a, an end. The flowers of joy have wilted. 
and they are thrown away. And yet she has some form of hope. If she can return to her homeland, if she can go back to the town of Bethlehem, she understands that the Lord's blessing is there. So she will go. For Naomi, it's a great loss. There had been much hoped for. Sons that had wives. Farming in a a fertile place. But now, she thinks, it's unlikely she will remarry. She's probably beyond childbearing years. All that she can hope for is to go back to where she came and throw herself on the mercy of others. In heading back from Moab to Bethlehem, Naomi is returning to her spiritual home. But I don't think that faith is actually at the forefront of her mind. She is going where there might be hope, but I'm not sure that it's spiritual hope that she is looking for. Looking at verse 15 and sending Orpah back home to the Moabites, Naomi doesn't seem to be bothered that this will mean her daughter-in-law will be returning to worship false gods. Go back to your family. Go back to those gods. Go back to that nation. Be part of that community. The things of the world sometimes take precedence. And despite the earlier seemingly fearful words, may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. It is clear Naomi has been effectively accepting that the daughters-in-law will go and not worship the one true God. And so we have to ask, how can that be the, the prayer of a faithful and trusting person? Do we take worldly well-being over our spiritual health? But then again, where do our prayers come from? Are they prayers that slip off our tongue well but have no foundation to them? Or are they truly prayers of the heart? Are they words that we read and repeat? Or are they words that have deep meaning? Do we say in prayer what we think others might like to hear, what we think others might think that we're supposed to say, or do we say what God wants us to say to him? And then when we say the word amen, 
having heard somebody else pray? Are we truly agreeing with what has been said? Or are we simply recognizing that someone else has finished praying? And so we join the flock. We don't know where Naomi is quite coming from. But there does seem to be this double thing in her life. Go back to your gods while praying that God might be with them. Ruth doesn't leave. Ruth is not willing to break the commitment to her mother-in-law. Naomi, with no husbands or sons, no remaining source of income, no source of provision, is in a difficult place. But Ruth says she will continue on the journey. And that's a trip into the unknown. She is leaving her parents behind. We, we see reference in chapter 2 to her mother and her father having been left behind. They are in her homeland. And she knows no people in the land that she is travelling towards. A land with a different belief system. And she will most likely suffer prejudice by dint of being a Moabite. But yet her heart goes out to Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. She is committed. At this point, Ruth's God is perhaps not fully the Lord. Faith is not the driver here, but the younger woman is committed to serve and take responsibility for the older women. And so will adapt her life accordingly. But yet, as I say that, it's not a fickle statement of faith either. She will have come to know something of the Lord through her marriage. Even if that marriage itself was against God's law. And we see this in the fact that uh, at one point in Hebrew, she uses for God his name Yahweh. She declares him Lord. She speaks of who he is. So this commitment to a new Hebrew way of life is a firm commitment. She says, yes, I am adapting that. I am taking it as my own. I'm changing who I am. I am choosing to be God's. We get it emphasized further by the talk of even death not separating them. It is a promise not to change family or faith in the future, but to live the life always 
that Naomi will introduce her to. So on the journey, as they travel, they travel with hope. And Ruth is hopeful and supportive of Naomi. She accepts that the best future of Naomi is at Bethlehem. Yet her commitment would, at this point in the story of her life, mean she that, that she is destined to a life of poverty, a life of intolerance, a life of discrimination. She goes on that journey that many refugees go on. Perhaps not wanting to. But knowing that she must. She does not choose the easy path. The way of going back to what she knew. Going back and having a husband. Having a family in Moab. Now, she goes on the difficult journey. Commitment and responsibility are big words. Their use among church folk has followed the trend of wider society. They have entered decline. People think of their time first and foremost. How will serving God impact their personal plans, their own hopes, their dreams? But hope for others comes when we show love, when we give of ourselves. It is the example of love that God gave us in the gift of his only son, Jesus. That as forgiven followers, we can have the sure and the certain hope of life eternal. If we want that hope to come alive in others, it means that we might have to take our own expectations, our dreams, our desires, and put them aside. And instead, come alongside those that need somebody on the journey. We have to give encouragement to the other person, even though that means we might lose out. We have to put others sometimes before ourselves. We in this church are entering a new season, a, a, a season of hope. And this autumn there's much going on. We have in a couple of weeks OM coming to help us think about being missional people. People of love that share their faith. Then the following week, we have our building being used by the Arts Festival. And the week after that, we want to encourage folk to engage in the activities of harvest. Celebrating God's provision. God's love. 
And that'll stretch through the weekend from the Friday with the messy church. The harvest supper, which is a games night for all ages, family, young and old, coming together, being one family. And then a service in the morning here at all age, but then in the evening, along with our friends from the evangelical free joining us here, a joining of together. And that's just this month. Lots of different things happening. But what part are you playing as we travel forward? How will you engage in these things? How will you be a person of hope that encourages others to be people of hope? Life did not look great for Ruth, nor did it look good for Naomi as they headed for Bethlehem. Yet they arrive, and when they get there, we find that the community still recognized Naomi. They see her still as a member of the family. They were made welcome. And things happen. And if you continue reading the story, you will see that ultimately a son is born. And life continues. And that enters part of the genealogy of King David and into the story of our Lord Jesus. There is hope in the story even though it seems all is lost. But the hope sees the flourishing come because Ruth commits to work. On my return on Tuesday, the contents of the hanging baskets were thrown out, but the baskets were kept. One season was over, but there will be another summer. More flowers will bloom but they will need planting and tending and watering. Be people of hope. Get your hands dirty as we as a church travel forward. Amen.